0: Welcome to Hypnotic History, the podcast about 20th century life in the United States. I'm Ashley. I'm Wendy.
1: And I'm Logan.
0: And today we're talking about Christmas cards. It should be no surprise to anybody who knows anything about Christmas that the habit of sending Christmas cards dates back to the Victorians. Hmm. Everything Christmas.
1: (laughs) Always the Victorians.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if somebody said, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, written by Queen Victoria. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know. (laughs) I'm sure somebody knows, (laughs) and they're going to correct me. Um, But Christmas cards were not the first holiday cards to be sent out. Uh, They were in part inspired Buy a card for another holiday. Can you all think of another holiday where we give people cards? Valentine's Day? Exactly. Bingo. You're the winner. I was going to
1: go with Arbor Day.
0: (laughs) Another popular Victorian card-giving holiday (laughs) that definitely existed (laughs) at the time. Uh, Valentine's were one uh, predecessor to the Christmas card. Another was illustrated notepaper. Uh, so it was just what sounds like it's notepaper. You can write letters on it, but it has illustrations on the top. Um, so it just looks pretty. Both of which were being commercially printed early in the 19th century. In fact, some of the decorations and early images of Christmas cards appear to have been copied from earlier Valentines. Oh, cool. Yeah. It is widely accepted that the first Christmas card, though, was sent in 1843. Hmm. An old English custom involved writing holiday cards to friends, and for a while, even after Christmas cards became common, the term Christmas card referred to these letters. So even before there were Christmas cards, there were Christmas cards. (laughs) 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 That were just these letters. According to Ace Collins, author of Stories Behind the Great Traditions of Christmas, in Victorian England, it was considered impolite not to answer mail. So during 1843, during the Christmas season, this became a problem for Sir Henry Cole, who was quite the mover and shaker and had a lot of friends and acquaintances who were all taking advantage of the expansion of the British postal system and the penny post, where you could send out holiday letters, well, any sort of letter, but for them holiday letters for the cost of a one penny stamp,
1: seems economically unsustainable.
0: <laughs> a penny then I think held more power than now, but i'm I still understand it as quite a bargain, yeah, these
1: poor letter carriers just crushed under the strain of like all the holiday and letters letters
0: just all <laughs> yes. <claw>, stacking up <laughs> uh ironically. Even though Sir Cole was himself being bombarded with Christmas letters, in part because it was tradition, but in part because of the penny post, he was one of the people that helped set up the penny post. Oh, well. He did it to himself. Yeah. Cole had no time to reply to everyone, so he came up with an idea. He had his friend, artist JC Horsley, draw a triptych that depicted a family at a holiday table, bookended by drawings of people helping the poor. Cole then had this printed on one thousand pieces of five and one eighths by three and a quarter inch cardboard. Oh wow. A thousand Christmas cards.
1: He was really confident.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he had a lot of friends. I was gonna say <laughs> I don't know a thousand people. Each card, by the way, was hand colored, so oh they were printed lithographically, which was using uh like a metal plate and i don't know the other details <laughs> <laughs> of lithographs, um but they could print the main drawing, but the color was done by hand on a thousand cards. Oh my goodness, and I they know. were probably
1: played half a penny for three hours' work, probably.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Each card said, to blank, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. This allowed Cole to speed up his correspondence by only needing to write each person's name in the blank. That's neat. And thus the Christmas card was born. Hmm. In addition to sending cards, Sir Cole, or sending these cards, Sir Cole is also said to have sold copies for a shilling each at his London Art Gallery, and 21 of his cards are still known to exist today. Oh, wow. So there are 21 copies of that original Christmas card. In the years that immediately followed his card, there were several prominent families who copied it, but it took a few decades for Christmas cards to really take off. So it wasn't like he did this, everybody said, that's great. Uh, We're all going to do it, too. Really, it took a few decades, and Mm. there are several reasons for that. But first, let's talk about the content of these early Victorian Christmas cards, because they're kind of (laughs) weird. The early cards were sometimes a little strange to us with modern eyes, and if you are on social media a lot, especially platforms that share pictures, you've probably noticed that sharing these bizarre Victorian era cards has become popular online the last few years. Have you all seen those online? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think so, yes. A lot of lobsters for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Uh, Here are some other examples. One Victorian card features a picture of a dead robin with the words, May yours be a joyful Christmas. Oh, that's.
1: Okay. It's art.
0: (laughs) I guess. Another shows a couple laughing while dumping water out of their window onto Christmas carolers with the text, Wishing You a Jolly Christmas. Uh, okay. I
1: think nothing brings you together better than, than doing stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: On another card, an army of black ants goes to war with an army of red ants, and the message "Compliments of the season" is printed on a little flag that one of the ants is carrying.
1: Okay, that what is going on here? I kind of want to recreate these now for, <laughs> for my Christmas
0: card. Was it
1: a matter that like these were the only stock photographs they could get? Like,
0: <laughs> there that, are actually a few reasons why this happened, uh, and I think the biggest thing that you need to understand is that we are not Victorians. So imagery that has a meaning to them uh, is not the same as imagery that has a meaning to us. Mm. Um, so they would have gleaned meaning from some of these cards in a way that we don't. Uh, additionally, we're very familiar with Christmas cards and what they look like and sort of the iconography of Christmas. But according to Pen Ristad, who authored Christmas in America, In the 19th century, the iconography of Christmas had not been fully developed as it is now. So they were sort of starting, well, they really were starting Christmas cards from scratch. So what does that look like visually? Not necessarily what it looks like now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Hallmark archivist Samantha Bradbeer further explains, Sentiments and designs that may have seemed unusual today were often considered signs of good fortune while others poked fun at superstition. So here's an example. John Grossman, who authored Christmas Curiosities, Old, Dark, and Forgotten Christmas, uh, says that robins were considered sacred. So the depiction of a dead one on a Christmas card was, quote, bound to elicit Victorian sympathy and may reference common stories of poor children freezing to death at Christmas. So that's that's just one example. That's not what I want to think about at Christmas, though.
1: (laughs) Too late. (laughs) You got to think about others.
0: Uh, You know, I wonder if that was a common... a uh, common thought and a common theme of Christmas, because Sir Cole's Christmas card had images of people helping the poor. So that may uh, have been, okay. and you know, even today we think charitably around Christmas time. Right, yeah, but we don't put like the uh, symbol of a dead child. Yeah, we're not going no, to <laughs> <gonna> do anything <laughs> drastic. That might
1: get like people might be like, "Hey, loved your Christmas card. Please take us off your list."
0: Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, another reason uh, why the images might be a little unusual or uh, very captivating in a weird way is that according to Katie Brown, who's assistant curator of social history at York Castle Museum, quote, festive cards as we know them now are very much a 20th century phenomenon, uh, end quote. And she explains the images during the Victorian era were considered conversation pieces, and collectible art. So they weren't necessarily meant to be festive images. They were supposed to be collectible art, um, or something that could strike up a conversation. If you had someone over to your house and you had a card displayed something to talk about. Okay. Now that I can get behind. Mm -hmm. And another thing that I found, uh, in explanation of some of the images explains the devil's uh, so, if you have looked at Victorian Christmas cards, there's a lot of devils as well. Again, not really what I associate with Christmas. <laughs> well, they did because there was an English legend that was popular in Victorian times that said that St. Nicholas worked with the devil to deliver gifts and to judge children as naughty or nice.
1: Oh, Okay. <laughs> he outsourced that. Yes. Because, like, I can't keep track of all this or Won't you help out? <laughs>
0: or I, I'm just not a disciplinarian. Yeah, Come yeah. on, Satan. Help me. Bad cop. <laughs> bad cop. Here we go. Uh, in this legend, the devil sometimes wore disguises and would kidnap naughty children and beat them with sticks. That, that
1: sounds like the Belschnickel. <laughs>
0: And it's also kind of like Krampus. Yeah, Yeah. Um, It's similar to the German story of Krampus and Belsnickel, I think. And on some Christmas cards, you see a blending of the two with the devil disguised as Krampus. I don't know why the devil needs to disguise himself.
1: Don't want people to know this is he's helping out.
0: Yeah. (laughs) He
1: he doesn't (laughs) want to be associated with Christmas. He doesn't want to be
0: associated (laughs) with good things like helping to beat children (laughs) with sticks. Another question, uh, in addition to why Victorian cards were so weird, is why Christmas cards became popular when they did. Why didn't they become popular immediately after Sir Cole first sent his? There are a lot of theories as to why they didn't really catch on until decades later. Uh, And all of those theories, in my opinion, seem likely to have played a role. According to Hallmark archivist Brad Beer several factors coincided to produce a broad acceptance of greeting cards as a popular commodity. In addition to the earlier regulation of British postal rates and the penny post, the British government also introduced the half penny in 1870. Also, there were standardized postal rates and delivery um, that were also making their way to America around the same time. So I guess you had a much more reliable postal system. More people were also literate and had uh, money to spend on things like that. They had extra money once they had fulfilled all their needs, I guess, so they could buy cards. Another factor is printing technology, which was improving, and by 1870 could cost as little as a few pennies per dozen cards. Hmm. And yet another factor are postcards. Uh, The invention of postcards in 1870 increased the popularity of christmas cards as postcards because uh, in part they were half postage and they didn't require an envelope Yeah. so better in two ways the downside was a lack of privacy which some people apparently really worried about i don't know what you're writing in your christmas cards that you're worried that somebody's going to be able to see right but you know on a postcard Everybody who handles it can see what you wrote. This is they true. know I'm
1: wishing someone good tidings. <laughs> exactly. Oh.
0: <laughs> uh, one writer in the 1870s said that you could overcome this lack of privacy by using ciphers in Greek letters. Oh.
1: Yes, get into spy code. <laughs> I like it.
0: I'll just buy an envelope. The Art of Secret Writing, published in 1870, advertised that, quote, Every reader is shown various simple modes by which open correspondence can be carried on without being intelligible to any person not in on the secret, a great service under the new postal law. <laughs> so they were very worried about the contents of their Christmas cards. <laughs> Sounds like Or it. Christmas postcards, I should say. How juicy were these postcards? I feel like I would just uh, get a regular card to envelope if I was that worried about it. Yeah, You're I gonna think so. You're going to spend a full penny? And yeah. buy an envelope. <laughs> really? Come
1: on! Before I would invent an entire language or cipher. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, I am.
1: You like creativity.
0: Yes. Thank you. You like vision. <laughs> Thank you. You like vision. Yes. Uh, another reason, yet another reason for Christmas cards becoming commonplace, dealt with the same problem that Sir Cole faced: maintaining social connections. According to Michaela D. Leonardo. Yale anthropologist and author of The Female World of Cards and Holidays, Women, Families, and the Work of Kinship. Industrialization and the Decline of Family Farms spread relatives apart geographically. So this, you needed a way to keep in touch with people. Uh, and for la- in the large part, women were the ones that became responsible for what Di Leonardo calls the work of kinship, or maintaining long-distance relationships, and these women found that Christmas cards were a good way of doing this. So for all of these reasons, it's sort of a perfect storm that gave us the popularity of Christmas cards. So all these reasons, and probably even more reasons, Christmas cards were extremely popular by the late 1800s, both in England and America. During the late 19th century, card publishers held contests with cash prizes for Christmas, cards desi- Christmas card designs. People also collected the cards, and newspapers published reviews of the cards. Hmm. Ooh. <laughs> Some late 19th century cards became quite fancy as well, with additions like silk fringe, glitter, and movable parts. Oh, wow. I would like to see the ones with movable parts. Oh, yeah. Yes. But not the glitter cards. Nope. Oh, I love glitter. glitter oh, no. <laughs> house. Glitter cards are the bane of my existence, and it hurts me to know that they go back that far. Mm. <laughs> I hate <laughs> glitter cards. I love glitter. But what do you do when it gets all over your house?
1: Rejoice. Enjoy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so... As you may remember from our intro, this podcast explores 20th century America. And so far, we have dealt with neither the 20th century nor America. Hmm. So let's jump in to the Christmas card's popularity in America and what it how it became the card it is today. The first U.S. Christmas card is said to have been printed by Louis Prang, known as the father of the American Christmas card, He printed it in 1875 in a print shop near Boston. It had the image of a flower and the text Merry Christmas. Most other early Christmas cards followed suit with pictures of animals and nature scenes rather than explicitly holiday images. The first modern Christmas card is considered to be from 1915. Hmm. It's modern in terms of um, it's about the size of a typical... Christmas card and it folds, which was a new thing. Like it it folds over. Um, it was a four by six folded card in an envelope printed by Joyce Hall in Kansas City. Along with his brothers, Raleigh and William, the Hall Brothers company eventually became
1: Hallmark. Hallmark, Yes. yes. Uh, yes.
0: The cards Hall printed allowed people to write messages that were longer than previous cards, but the space didn't pressure the sender to write a whole letter. So being able to fold it closed and then you open it and it's blank or maybe just has a little message does give you more room than other Christmas cards had to write stuff, but it wasn't enough room to, you know, feel like, oh gosh, I've got to write a lot in here. By the late 1920s, around 40 factories employing over 5,000 people were producing Christmas cards in the United States. But not everyone was on board. Isn't that the way... Mm-hmm. With everything we talk about, Christmas there's always Christmas cards somebody. were the undoing of our nation. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> in 1928, Samuel Grafton wrote in the North American Review that people buying Christmas cards were, quote, behaving like sheep <laughs> for falling for advertising that made, quote, you think yourself a feverish yellow cur if you do not invest each December in $7 worth of assorted glue and ink and paper. <laughs> So, you sheep sending yes. <laughs> Christmas cards.
1: Th- this has got to be a classic example of like uh, hating somebody for doing something that they enjoy. Like, yeah. yeah,
0: that's <laughs> true. <laughs> uh, but most other people were pretty on board. In 1930, the New York Public Library had an exhibition of Christmas cards. I would like to see that. Oh, yeah, me it too. It would be
1: kind of neat. F- All the dead Robins.
0: <laughs> Frank Comf, the library's curator of prints, wrote these little produ- products of occasional graphic art can be enjoyed both as personal expressions in art and technique and as happy solutions of the problem of pictorial emphasis of good wishes. <laughs> that is definitely an art review. Definitely. <laughs> of yes. Of Christmas cards in 1931, the American journal of nursing wrote, everyone has within her life and experience certain things, which represent her to her friends. The card is a sketch from life of an expression of these experiences, characteristics, or interest in another's Christmas remembrance that makes the latter a joy to receive. Hmm, I like that. The article also mentions homemade cards. Uh, they aren't really for homemade cards. They caution the reader an artist friend whose Christmas cards are always in especial delight finds that no sooner are the cards for one Christmas in the mail than she is haunted by fears for the next. <laughs> As someone who makes her own Christmas cards, I can tell you this is exactly true. Oh, yeah. I no, can see that. No sooner do I send out my Christmas cards than I'm thinking, what are we going to do next yeah, year? Yeah, how are you going to top that? Yes, because the Skidmore's... Send out a really badly photoshopped card every year <laughs> um that I do myself the first few years we had our friend Dwayne, who uh, is a graphic artist do them, and they were great brilliant uh, but I hated bothering him all the time to do these, so I decided during the pandemic to start doing them myself and so this might be the third or fourth year I've been doing them uh, and they're always they give me more insight into the weird Victorian cards. Mm-hmm. Because our cards are really weird. They always reference something in pop culture from that year. So we've done a couple of Stranger Things cards. We did Tiger King. Uh, This year we did the Barbie movie. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. None of which are Christmas Eve at all. Um, so I, number one, I agree with this nursing, uh, journal that, which, why is a nursing journal talking about uh-huh. Christmas cards? It's a little weird. That just hit me. Um, but I agree with this nursing journal <laughs> that making your own cards is a delight to others, but no sooner have you sent it out than you think of your, you know, what you're going to do next year. Uh, but also... I understand the weird Victorian cards because my cards are also not Christmassy and very Mm -hmm. bizarre.
1: 20, 30 years from now, people are going to see those and be like, what was going on?
0: Imagine 100 years from now or 150 years from now. No clue. No clue. People will be sharing them on whatever social media exists going, Mm -hmm. wow, these people were weird. (laughs) What were they thinking? We're going to be the dead robin. Right now, in this time, they're hilarious. Uh They are hilarious. Some historian's going to say, well, you see, at that time, the Barbie movie (laughs) was a symbol (laughs) for... (laughs) Uh (laughs) It would have evoked Christmas feelings. (laughs) 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 So, you know, I I feel them. I feel these early Christmas cards. Um, By the 1940s, so that was um, in the 1930s, they were already really popular, Some people were making their own. By the 1940s, Christmas cards used for nonprofit fundraising became common. One of the most famous is probably those for UNICEF, which were first released in 1949, bearing a painting made by a seven-year-old Czechoslovakian girl who had been aided by UNICEF, which is brilliant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And lest we forget Hallmark, Hall's folded cards, which were otherwise known as a book format— with Christmas images of Santa, the Star of Bethlehem, and so on, gained huge popularity starting in the 30s and running through the 50s. So I see this as really the birth of the Christmas card as we know it today, the folded card in an envelope that has explicit Christmas imagery. Yeah, and when I think cards,
1: I think Hallmark. They have some really great cards.
0: Me too. Uh, The first U.S. Christmas stamp, by the way, came out in 1962. Mm. It had a wreath and two candles and said Christmas 1962. They just weren't messing was, around. Yeah, that's very good <laughs> w- point. I was
1: wondering if you were going to mention the stamps because that was kind of a big deal of what, because each year I think they release a different Christmas stamp.
0: And I have I think been, they do too.
1: Like they always yes. do a version of the Virgin Mary and then like a separate Christmas stamp.
0: I have been disappointed by the Christmas stamps in the last few years. i um, I used to find little cute stamps for Chris, our Christmas cards. Um, I can't remember what they had on them, but I know I was very pleased with them. But the last few years, I haven't been as happy. This year, they're creepy little snow globes oh. with uh, like reindeer and stuff in them. I don't know.
1: I wonder if England does a little better because they they have less restrictions on what can be on their stamps.
0: Oh, interesting. Uh,
1: like for example, in the in, in the states. Uh, only a person that's deceased can be appear on a stamp. Hmm. But in England, they don't have that rule, so they can just go crazy.
0: Hmm. I don't know why I was surprised that you know all of this stuff, because <laughs> you get a book of stamps every year for Christmas. Yes. Yep, <laughs> that year's stamps, so you are Mr. Stamp. Uh, these 1962 Christmas stamps, originally uh, there were 350 million of them printed, and they were four-cent stamps. But according to Daniel Piazza of the Smithsonian's National Postal Museum, quote, they underestimated the demand and ended up having to do a special printing. Because they didn't have the correct paper size for that second printing, the stamps came out in sheets of ninety. Uh, even though the original printing were sheets of a hundred, and because they are not the standardized paper side, these sheets are very collectible today. I was going to say that sounds
1: that sounds like a collectible. <laughs> anything
0: in stamps, I believe, anything that is non-standard becomes a collector's item. Yeah, mm-hmm. any
1: misprint or something they just do just slightly different. If the holes are punched different, yeah, which doesn't really apply to the modern stamps.
0: Why were there holes in stamps? Do you know? Well,
1: uh, I think it was so you could tear them, perforate them. There oh, okay. you could tear them apart. That makes sense. But I don't think modern stamps do that because they're no. self. I don't know if they even make the uh, lick stamps.
0: I like that stamps are adhesive today. I saw something on Instagram a few days ago and posted it to my story about uh, it may have been. I don't even want to guess the account. I see a lot of things on newspapers.com, but then there's another one I think called Century Periodicals. It might have been on that one. Uh, if you want to try, go back and look it up for yourself. But it was an article about how people are being asked to lick their own stamps because instead of doing that, they were just leaving money for the postage for the post mm-hmm. postal worker. Uh To take the money and put a stamp on, but he was having to lick like who knows how many stamps oh, wow. every day because of that, and he was tired of it, or that it wasn't just one guy doing the whole country, <laughs> <laughs> poor guy that's why he was so tired um, of stamps. <laughs> These people (laughs) (laughs) were tired of doing that, so um, the post office, I guess, said you have to lick your own stamps. Now you got to put your own stamps on.
1: Should have used the sponge.
0: Yeah, that's true. Water sponge. Mm -hmm. Uh, By the way, uh, going back to that first postage stamp, they originally printed 350 million, but by the end of the year, one billion Christmas stamps had been printed. Wow. Wow, that's how big the demand was. If you are wondering about the most popular Christmas card, the most popular Christmas card of all time was printed in 1977 by Hallmark, and it is still part of their collection, having sold 34 million copies. It features an image of three angels. I don't think it's precious moments, but they sort of have that precious moments look to them. Two of them are praying and one of them is looking up. And it says, God bless you, keep you, and love you at Christmas time and always. Oh, okay. The I most think, popular uh, Christmas card. I
1: think I've seen that.
0: I looked it up on uh, Google and. Uh, do I sound like an old person? <laughs> on the internet. I, I went on Google. Google uh, I looked it up <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it looked familiar to me too. This time period also saw the rise, the end of the 20th century saw the rise of holiday cards for holidays other than Christmas, such as Hanukkah and Kwanzaa, as well as Christmas cards for atheists. Hmm. What does a Christmas That's card for an atheist say? <laughs> That's odd. I mean, I guess it, many people celebrate it as more of a secular yeah. holiday. Happy and Isaac they,
1: Newton's birthday.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I guess, you know, anything non-religious in nature. So you just emphasize, you know, family and charity and thankfulness mm-hmm. and stuff, I guess makes sense. So
1: It does make sense. Yeah.
0: Mm. Also, I uh, have noticed the rise in stamps to go back to that topic that cover a variety of different holidays and religions around mm-hmm. Christmas time, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So let's wrap this thing up the way I like to wrap things up with a little true or false. Yay. So I'm going to say some things about Christmas card and you tell me whether I'm a liar. (laughs) (laughs) Sir Cole's original Christmas card drew criticism for being unwholesome. True. 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 The image on Cole's card included children drinking what appears to be wine. I don't know how else you could. I've looked at the picture and I don't know how you could think it's anything but wine. Um, Many people disapproved of this, especially at a time when a temperance movement was sweeping England.
1: (laughs) And kids getting lit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) No one wanted a Salvador Dali Christmas card. Mm. True.
1: (laughs) I I want that to be false, but I'm going to say true. It is
0: true. In the mid-20th century, amidst stiff competition... Hallmark took to commissioning famous artists to design their cards. These artists included Salvador Dali and Grandma Moses. Dali's card designs did not sell well and were eventually removed from shelves. Oh, wow.
1: Uh, not surprising.
0: Yeah. Uh, he His pictures are a little, well, literally surreal. Right, So yeah. people didn't want a surreal Christmas card. I do. I would like yeah. one. How about this? A special card was released to promote Truman Capote's short story, A Christmas Memory.
1: Sounds accurate. Mm, Yeah. True.
0: This is false. I got you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Keen collectors might be interested in looking for a Hallmark card that was designed by a Kennedy. True. True. This is true. Uh, Jacqueline, then Kennedy, painted two Christmas card designs in 1963 for Hallmark. They were sold as a benefit for the Kennedy Center. In addition to his illustrations for the Saturday Evening Post, Norman Rockwell worked prolifically on Christmas cards. Uh, True. False. It's true. Ah. From 1948 to 1957, Norman Rockwell illustrated 32 Christmas Mm. cards for Hallmark. Wow. It makes sense to me because I s- his style of art evokes a holiday winter feeling. Oh, yeah. It makes sense. So it kind of makes sense. How about this one? Americans buy half a million Christmas cards every year.
1: Uh, I feel like it should be higher, but I'll yeah, say true.
0: I feel like it should be higher, too, so I'm going to say false. It is higher, so it's false. Uh, Americans actually purchase 1.6 billion Christmas oh my cards goodness. each year. Wow. And you know... That estimate doesn't count weird people like us who make our own. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Because we order them. At, I know that on photo sites, you can insert your picture onto a Christmas card frame, mm-hmm. but we actually make the entire card ourselves. So we order them as five by seven prints. So that it doesn't count people like us who make really weird mm-hmm. little yeah. cards. Mm mm-hmm. hmm. Uh, If you would like to see some pictures of the weird Victorian cards we described, as well as the most popular cards sold by Hallmark starting in 1977, don't Google it. Go to Instagram, because I already found it for you. (laughs) On Instagram, I've made a post about it, and you can see it in all its glory. And
1: start using them. Let's bring it back. Yeah,
0: (laughs) let's bring back really weird Christmas cards. (laughs) I think that's a great idea.
1: Just like a St. Bernard plowing through the snow, and it says uh remember the reason for the season or something just bizarre like that i
0: like that yeah let's bring it back a fidget spinner so it can be for the modern age uh you know just a picture of the fidget spinner it says joy to the world yeah and a vape <laughs> <laughs> you know i had a really good close to this episode and now we've gotten off on this tangent i don't know what to do so there you go uh goodbye everyone <laughs>
1: merry christmas
0: Well, that's all for us today. Thank you for listening. Please help us grow by giving us a five-star rating on your listening platform and follow us on Instagram by searching for hypnotic.history or by clicking the link in the episode description. Until next time, listeners, peace and love.